I hit start recording on my end mid sentence. That's that's how you okay. do it professionally, I think. <laughs> Hang a second, I've got to start my recording on my end too. Error opening recording device, error code zero success. Awesome. Let me restart Audacity. Uh, okay, I have, Audacity is working now, so count me down to when we start recording and when the podcast starts. I I, I didn't stop. I didn't stop uh, recording. I'm still <laughs> recording. All of this is all of this is going in. Awesome. I will. I will just start recording now. Then I guess. And welcome to the second episode of the The Ring podcast. It's the podcast that has that name for some reason. It's 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 the podcast where you know what you're getting from the title. Yes. So I am Quiva, and I'm joined by my friend Jen as we dive into the the Ring series uh, and how it goes completely bonkers very quickly we're starting it's not it's not not as bonkers as it's going to be in in ring two which is what we're talking about today but it's it's a lot of random shit they just kind of threw at the wall to see what would stick it's not it's not as bonkers as it gets in some of the stuff but compared to the first movie this one definitely gets pretty weird comparatively yeah it's it's a lot less straightforward of a story and much more convolutedly grasping at ideas i think um let's just let's just talk about what happens i said i said this describing the first film that it kind of knows what it is from the first scene where it immediately establishes this is the movie about the tape that kills you everyone is going to know that's what it's going to be going in they bring that out straight away. Um, in this film, the first thing they bring out is Sadako Yamamura's corpse so that we can examine it and find something worthwhile in it. And they fail to do that. <laughs> yes, we, we open with uh, Takashi Yamamura. Uh, he's been brought in by the police to identify the body, even though, as we saw in the last movie, she's like fully skeletal by this point. There's, there's nothing to recognize. Yeah, I don't know how they thought he was going to identify it. He doesn't even let them show it to him. They're like, oh, do you want to see it? And he's just like, yeah, it's her. And they're like, you haven't even seen it. He's like, yeah, but it's her. It's her. Well, he, he specifically says himself that he hasn't even seen her since she was a child anyway. Yeah. Even if the body wasn't totally skeletal. This was this was a this was a doomed adventure from the start. Yeah. Um they also dropped the idea that she was some Sadako was somehow alive in the well for like thirty years and she only actually died like two years or so before the first movie. I don't know how long it takes a body in a well to skeletonize, but I would have thought it would take more than two years. I mean, I imagine the water probably speeds it up, but, but yeah. Yeah. There's also the first real emphasis in this series of Sadako's hair as <laughs> kind of a 
a symbol in and of itself. Uh, Takashi has a brief vision of Sadako's hair spilling out over the the side of the trolley that the skeleton is on, and then it disappears as kind of a, I guess a symbol of her presence um, and being spooky. Yeah. Uh, that that is that is like her look in the first movie is iconic with the hair over her face. Um, and yeah, that's kind of all that they do with the hair in this movie. But later, later <laughs> entries in the franchise will run with that idea of Sadako using her hair as like an appendage. Sadako fully, fully gets like prehensile hair. <laughs> fucking, like, Tangled-style grabbing stuff with her hair in other movies. That's that's something we could look forward to. Um, so, off, after the uh, that opening scene where we, with uh, Takashi, we cut to uh, the opening titles, shot over the ocean, like in the first one. Yeah, where the goblins and, are. Yes, where the, the brine, where the goblins be thine. And uh, then we open with the footage from the the uh, interview from the first movie, explaining the rumor of the cursed videotape and ca- catching back up for the people in the audience who are probably going to be very confused later on who did not see the first movie. Yeah, uh, it's not really a film you want to watch without having seen the first one, um, and it's it's. Uh... Okazaki, who was... I don't think we even mentioned him in the previous episode, but he's just, like, a minor character um, who works with Reiko in the first film. Yeah, he was a super minor character in the first film. He had, like, one line, but he has a slightly bigger role in this one. Yeah, I think he, I think he was there when she was, like, filming um, the interviews at the start. And uh, my Takano, uh, who was... Ruiji Takayama's student, who is also kind of just like a brief, briefly in the first film, she's only in like two scenes. Um, she shows up looking for um Reiko because she wants to know what the fuck happened to Ryuji because <laughs> she was the one who found his body, and apparently Reiko is gone missing. Yeah, she hasn't been seen for like a week or two by this point. Mai kind of takes over as the main character for the film. Um, it kind of starts off with her trying to figure out what the fuck happened. Um, and uh, Okazaki kind of tags along with her as well in the investigation. I guess, I guess sort of filling in the role for Ryuji, although he feels a bit more minor than Ryuji did in the first film. Yeah. Um. So, Okazaki and Mai end up going off together to uh, Reiko's apartment to do some investigating, and the landlord just kind of lets them in. Yeah. Yeah, it's, just, just, it's fine. Don't worry about it. I mean, they're, they're, these aren't exactly like close relatives of her. This is like a co-worker and the assistant of her ex-husband. <laughs> yeah. Um, normal, normal to just let them in. Um, the place has been like ran. The place has been turned upside down. Um, kind of ransacked, presumably by the cops. They've thrown uh, Reiko's snes on the ground. It's very sad. 
Um, yeah, the, the place is kind of a state of disarray. Of particular note is that the TV has been smashed in. Yeah, that's probably and, more um... important than this says. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the TV has been because smashed. the most important detail at first. Yeah, the... <laughs> The the TV has been smashed in, and there is a couple of burnt VHS tapes in the bathtub. I've just been melted. That must stink. That must stink so badly. Oh, yeah, definitely. Well, I, after seeing the tape, my does, like, throw up. Although I think that's more from just, like, you know, she knows the significance yeah. of the tape. And and while while she's trapped, she looks in the mirror and she gets like a, a strange vision of Reiko like begging for forgiveness for and the end of the last movie when she gave the tape to her father and doomed him essentially. Yeah. Not not really explained what that vision's about. People just be getting visions sometimes in the series. Yeah. Um. And um. Then. Okazaki finds the photos from the first movie of the teenagers who were the first people who got killed by the tape. That's kind of it, really. Then um, it cuts to Reiko's father, uh, Koichi Asakawa, is dead. Um, because they... Yeah, she showed... She got Yuichi to copy the tape and show it to him. To show it to Yuichi's granddad, Koichi. Um, and he just left a note saying that he destroyed his tape as well. So, that's pretty much all the tapes accounted for, right? All the tapes are destroyed now. Um, the curse is... Yes. Cur- curses, curse is over. No, no more worries. Series is over. That's the end of the series. That's the end of the film. Credits yeah. wrong. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, so Mai then in another scene sees a vision of Yuichi outside of a school. It's silent, he's mouthing something. I've no idea what he's meant to be mouthing. Uh, I can't read lips even if they're in a language I do understand, let alone Japanese. Yeah, I have no idea. They, they never really explain what he was mouthing in the scene. This is like, this is outside uh, Yuichi's school. They're... Uh, Kazaki and my like investigating to see if they can find Yorichi there, but yes. at the school they say he's also been missing. He hasn't shown up to school for ages. Um, yeah. Uh, I don't think there's anything else super important there. Um, Mai is then at home in her flat, and a cop shows up, uh, asking about Riji and Sadako and the tape. Uh, and she basically just tells him to fuck off. She she doesn't cooperate at all. Yeah, he tried. He tries to like menace her, kind of by like going into detail about uh, Reiko's father's death and like the the body they found in the well. But she, yeah, she just kind of tells him to fuck off. My, my says a cab. <laughs> um, and then and then we cut to the police. Uh, doing a very interesting job of <laughs> attempting attempting to reconstruct Sadako's face by just like shoving clay on top of her skeleton. Um 
I don't I don't know if this is a real forensic technique, um, and I have no basis for making this claim, but I'm going to say if that's a real forensic technique, that's bullshit and no one should have ever been convicted of anything based off it. Because <laughs> they're just sho- <laughs> shoving clay onto a skeleton onto a skull. Yeah, the the idea they say earlier is that they're going to make like a reconstruction hand out of what they think she looked like to ask if like anyone recognizes her. In practice, what they're doing is making a very goofy looking clay skeleton. <laughs> it looks so bad. It looks utterly attra- it's the it's the it's the, the the silliest looking thing. Um in either of these movies, and that's including Baby Sadako, who was still dressed <laughs> as as ghost adult Sadako in the first movie. As as these movies get increasingly weirder, they also are going to get increasingly more funny. <laughs> that is that is the one the one benefit. Yeah, and then we cut back to. Um, this film is really meandering. We then we then go to Okazaki interviewing um, a student named Kane uh, Sawaguchi. Uh, Kanae. Kanae. Okay, there's more syllables. I know you don't really like speak much Japanese either, but you have slightly more of a grounding in it than I do. I I have, like, some vaguely remembered memories of a Japanese course I took, like, eight years ago at this point, so I don't know much more than you, but... Mm. Yeah, so he uh, is just interviewing this girl about the tape. Uh, She... He he asks her if um, she can get him a copy of it. She hasn't watched it. She's just like talking about her friends who what they're talking about it. Um and yeah, he he asked can she get him a copy of it and she says yes. Um and then after that, uh Mai and Okazaki um go to a hospital to visit Masami who is the girl from the first scene of the first movie didn't die. She's the one who saw um, Tokomo dying. Um, this, this movie does like bring in a lot of characters who had like minor roles in the first movie and gives them like larger roles in this one. Yeah, I mean, she still doesn't have a huge role. Um, she, they, they kind of the. The doctors take them aside and they um, talk to them about um, Masami. They 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 couldn't take her photo to put on her documents properly because the towel head man kept appearing in photos of her. Um, and then when she, they gave her, they decided to give her like a psychic photography test, so they gave her Polaroids to hold. Um, and the character Sada kept appearing on them. So she's been kind of... There's, there's some, like, presence of Sadako and the tape still haunting her. Um, and then a nurse 
tries to bring Masami uh, out to is it like a balcony or some like nicer place. She's kind of she's kind of hunkered up in this tiny room. She's refusing to speak, um, and she doesn't want to go near a TV. And the nurse carries a um, like gets a a, a divider on wheels and kinds of walks it down the corridor between the TV in the kind of, uh, I don't know, activity lounge area they have in the this wing of this hospital. Um, but Misami ends up like stopping and the screen goes past her and the TV starts reacting to her presence and the, the, the well um, from the tape appears on the TV and there's a very tasteful depiction of people struggling with mental health issues as uh, all of the other patients in the this you know mental health care facility uh, go fucking nuts and start screaming incoherently some someday we'll get a horror movie that can depict mental illness in a non-offensive way <laughs> the t- the the actual the thing with the screen uh, this is just a random thing, but the the thing with Masami and the screen and wanting to avoid the TV is like the only scene from this movie that is lifted into the American remake, the American movie of The Ring. I just thought that was interesting. Rachel in that movie interviews the equivalent of Masami. Um, but yeah, Masami then like reaches out to Mai and asks her for help, which is the like the only word she has said to anyone apparently since she saw Tomoko die. And when Mai grabs her hand, she has like a vision of Sadako as well. Masami hasn't even seen the tape actually and she's she's kind of all fucked up from like second hand Sadako fumes. <laughs> When, when when you get that close to someone getting sadicone, some of it like rubs off on you. Yeah. Um. We after this we had uh, like a brief scene at my apartment where we see like Sadako's hands hanging off the balcony, but then we cut back and they're gone, and the scene just ends, just kind of like a little scare. Yeah, and then she has like a vision of talking to, uh. Ryuji in on like the same bench that we see him having a very brief vision of Sadako on in the first movie. It's a lot like yeah, like I've already said the film's just like really meandering with it it feel I guess I don't know, like the first film has a lot of these small little scenes as well, but it, the pacing they, definitely it, is nowhere near as good as the first Yeah, film. the first film has like a clear direction for what the characters are actually doing, I feel more. The first film is a very well-paced horror movie. Yeah. Whereas um, this kind of, kind of meanders and goes in side parts a bit more. And then... Um, my ends up in a train station running into Yuichi and Reiko. 
and similar to uh, Masami Yoichi can't talk anymore and is like avoiding TVs and stuff as well he's he's also he's also got the the Sadako fumes up in him you hate to see him yeah um my just kind of promises to not rat on them um and then just kind of goes off again nothing much actually happens from this revelation of her actually finding them. <laughs> yeah, much, much, much like a lot of scenes in this movie, it doesn't really go anywhere in particular. Yeah, it comes back. It, it it's like it it comes back to it, but yeah, in that, in that moment, it's just kind of oh, we found them. Okay, bye. <laughs> um, and then how did you say the the girl's name? You 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 think the girl's name might be pronounced? Um, which girl? Can, can I? Uh, can I? Can I? Can I? Okay. I apologize to anyone who has like any understanding of Japanese. <laughs> this is a thing I say a lot in my podcast. Maybe I should like. Maybe I should do a podcast about like something Irish, <laughs> <laughs> so that I can actually pronounce things. Actually, I'd probably fuck up some like actual Irish word pronunciations too, but. Mm. Anyway, uh, she shows up at the TV station um, and gives a copy of the tape to uh, Okazaki. Um, so actually, I guess the tapes are still going around. I said they were all destroyed earlier. I was completely wrong. <laughs> well, all, all the ones we knew about at that point were destroyed, but, but more, another copy shows up. Yeah, it's weird because the... Because the tape, because the, there shouldn't really be any other ones, because the tape, the teenagers watched that that killed all of them, so they didn't make any copies. Um, and they, they, they all died. They left it in the um in the cabin, and Reiko made a copy. That Ryuji watched, um, and then made another copy that um, Koichi watched, but those are all accounted for, right? Because there was two destroyed in the apartment, and Koichi said he destroyed his one as well. But apparently, there are still tapes around somehow. Yeah, I don't know if they like say where it came from. I don't remember, but. Probably also would have been a good thing for me to have made a note on. <laughs> uh, Okazaki tries to pay uh, Kanae for the tape, um, but she kind of refuses to take it and just says, just tells them to watch it because she, she actually did watch it in the end. Um, and apparently all the teenagers know as well now that you have to spread it and copy it to not die somehow. Word gets around, I guess. Yeah. Um. So she he promises to watch it. Um, and then away again to another scene where they go back to the hospital, and they've. Or no, sorry. Um, my visits. Um, 
Reiko and um, Tomoko again, and they play frisbee. Yes, and in, in like a park, she plays uh, frisbee with Yoichi. He still can't talk, but he he writes down like the woman with the long hair. Yeah. Um, and then that also just kind of ends again. Not not much really happens. Yeah, and then they go back to the hospital, and the the doctors are now doing weird, um, yeah, weird brain tests on Wasabi. <laughs> I'm not convinced this man is a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> they have they have like this weird thing where they like they st- to demonstrate like the psychic energy in the air or something. They dip some paper into water. And apparently the psychic energy in the air makes the capillary action of the water going up the paper super active or something. And it like sucks up way more water than a normal piece of paper should. This is meant to be meaningful in some way. It's the psychic paper water absorption test. Everyone knows it. Um. Um. And then the, uh, the the police officer from earlier is also there. Yeah, uh, Detective Amuta. And, and yeah, and he is. And they, they. Oh, what was? Yeah, I have his name written down. Um, Omuta KG. Did they say his first name at any point? I've just got it written down as Detective Amuta. Uh, I just copied it off IMBD. So yeah. it could be that his name is only like full name is only given in the credit or something, but that's what IMDb says. Um, um, whatever, his, whatever his name is, so we have we have all of our characters here watching the test, um, and they like got her hooked up to like this uh, all this equipment and have uh, having her watch the cursed videotape and like studying the effects. Yeah, and they have like I guess. They have, I, I guess, like some sort of metal sh- padding shield. Like, I, it looks like it might just be bin bags, but I feel like it's maybe intended to be like some sort of Faraday cage thing around the room with, um, stuff that's on the walls. I don't know. They have a bunch of electrodes hooked up to Masami's brain, and then they try and fuck. They're like trying to monitor her brain, um, but it starts like projecting the tape onto their monitors um somehow and then my is like hey this is the tape that's going to kill all of us and everyone else is like it that's stupid the doctor is like that's stupid um you can't be killed by a tape people obviously just die of fright because they expect to be killed by the tape obviously that's a normal thing that can happen this is the doctor who's been doing tests on like spirit photography and psychic powers this whole time. But well, the, object, the... which object, objectively do exist in this film. Admittedly, they do exist in this film, yes. But I just find it funny that the tape killing you is the the part where he draws the line. But no, <laughs> this is really ridiculous. Yeah, um, but uh, Masami like falls unconscious in the middle of this and everyone, people, like the doctor rushes in to have a look at her and everyone's distracted and Mai takes the opportunity to smash the little TV monitor they have and rip up the tape that they were recording data onto and destroy it so that they wouldn't create a new cursed tape which would be noble if not 
uh, which like would be would be more noble if we didn't already know actually the teenager the local teenagers are also just circulating loads of copies anyway. <laughs> you could just lift you could just lift that subplot out and this film would make slightly more sense. Not that it would make sense, not that the rest of it makes sense, but it would just like remove a few contradictions. Then um can I phones Okazaki back at the TV station again? Uh, and she's like, hey, did you watch the tape? Because I'm going to die if you don't watch the tape. Um, and he's like, yep, totally watched it. He, he, he didn't. He's lying. He didn't. He's, he he's, did not watch it. She's going to die. He's killed this girl. <laughs> Great guy. I mean, I don't know that I would either. Uh, I would probably be a coward, but I'm just saying, I, I wouldn't 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 blame someone for judging me for being a coward. I think there's like there's there's another there's another fucking random scene with my and the doctor and the cop that goes nowhere, and then this this kind of goes somewhere that like this. Like, I, I'm not really sure how, but at this point, they, like, find out somehow that the woman they saw on the video was, was Shizuko, Sadako's mother. Oh, did they? Okay. They, they mention at this point, I'm not really sure how they knew it, and I guess that doesn't really help them at all, so I guess actually you're right, it doesn't really go anywhere. Um, right. And then, but then, can I dies, um... And Mai gets brought to the scene with the cops and she sees the corpse. Um, and this leads her to ratting on Reiko and Yoichi because I guess she doesn't want to see more people dying horribly, uh, which is fair enough. But then after turning them in, she like she sees Yoichi being escorted down a corridor by this policewoman uh, and she psychically tells Yuichi to run so Yuichi brain blasts a bunch of cops with his mind <laughs> <laughs> because he can do that now <laughs> yeah he, he, kind of, he, kind of, he looks at them and they like fall over like, like clutching their heads it's it's like a, a zero budget version of the hallway scene from Akira, except no one dies yet. <laughs> I don't know. That's just what made it, what it made me think of. It's not actually very much like that, other than there's a kid with psychic powers. And after that, my goes into like some kind of weird vision. Like, everything goes black and white, and she, like, finds a bunch of people who have been sadakoed by the tape, and all of their eyes are missing. Oh, no, that's, that's, um, that's Reiko. Uh, Yuichi finds Reiko, and they run out of the police station together. Oh, you're right, my bad. That was, yes, that was Reiko, and, um, where, where, where's Maya at, Maya at this point? I think she's just kind of following them. Or she's she's is she still inside the police station? I I think I think she, yeah I think she's like 
No, I think Mike stays, like, with the cops that Yuichi brain blasted for a minute. Uh, and Reiko runs out, and then, yeah, they stop. Reiko and Yuichi stop next to a road, and then Reiko has this black and white vision of the four. Initially, she sees like the four teenagers who were initially killed, and then further away, she sees her dad. And all, yeah, his his eyes are like blacked out and bleeding. Um, and her dad, ghost dude, tells her that um, the Yoichi isn't Yoichi anymore. And then it cuts back to reality, and Reiko has been hit by a lorry, and there is a massive pool of blood, and she's already dead. And also Yoichi mind strangles a cop again. Yeah, and then and then that's when Mai shows up again and she runs up to him and then the cop shows up and Yoichi attempts to kill the cop with his brain until Mai tells him to stop. Um And then and then Mai and Yoichi run away and then they're cut back to the TV station again. <laughs> And Okazaki is watching the tape where he interviewed um, Kane, and he's reviewing the tape, but the controls start acting weird, and the tape kind of starts replaying on its own, and he can't stop it. And then um, fucking Kane starts getting a slightly sadicoed version of herself appears on the tape which is basically just her hair is a little messier and brushed over her face and the video gets desaturated a bit and she looks towards the camera um yeah it's, it's a it's a very silly effect yeah she also just like sh- her head shakes a lot in the video as she's getting sadicoized and yeah, it, it ends with her, like, moving towards the camera, and then the scene ends. Yeah, and then and then you see Mai and Yoichi walking down the street that Reiko saw in her black and white vision, except it's normal now. Um... But then she also has kind of a black and white vision. But nothing really happens. <laughs> so, sorry if uh, like description of this movie is boring. It's because nothing happens in most of the scenes. <laughs> it just keeps cutting back and forth between all these characters doing very little. <laughs> Oh, I, I promise you, we will have baseball and virtual reality and all this nonsense more. Um, yes. I don't know, maybe we should be looser. Maybe we should be go- strictly going through this scene by scene. The next scene is funny, though. The next scene is fucking Takashi Yamamura shows back up at the police station to look at the fucking stupid... <laughs> they've built her around Sadako's skull that looks nothing like any it doesn't look like anyone it looks like an alien 
the, 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 the like frantic doctor who actor like asks him does it look like her because it looks just like her it's eerie <laughs> like, the clay head it just it doesn't just it's so it doesn't look like a human it's just like a generic looking face it could be literally anyone oh uh-huh. and then and then they take a photo of it, but when they flat when the flash for the photo goes off, there's like a negative image of a scowling face superimposed over the clay face for a second. <laughs> I didn't even notice that. How, did, so you, how did you not notice that? Hold on. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. I have this. I have the scene open here. Let me let me like send you a s- picture of it for a second. How did we... you not see that? It's not subtle. Can we like? Is, is there any way you can put this in like the notes under the under the podcast? This this, this could be this could be episode artwork for the for the episode. <laughs> if this this will be the episode artwork then. Let me just write. I mean, a note going, of going that. into go, going into this, the episode artwork needed to be some version of the stupid clay hand. So. <laughs> okay. So hold on. Uh, so here, here is here is normal clay head that I'm sending to Jen right now. Great for an audio medium. <laughs> uh, if we if we can do like show notes, I would put these images in there somehow. I don't I don't know where you're gonna upload these. Though. I do I do have a website, dear listener, oakreef.ie o a k r w f dot i e. Will these images be up there? Or... I mean, they could be if I want. Okay, so here, here's the here. Oh yeah, you're right. The, the, the like, the like. I'll try to describe this for the listen. Like the eyes become larger and like scary, and like the cheeks become like it's it's very goofy. It was already a goofy looking face, and now it still looks goofy, but it looks like goofy spooky version and the the mouth is very slightly open and kind of scout you can kind of see some teeth uh um <laughs> yeah so so uh and then then um takashi dramatic takes takes um Sadako's corpse and just dumps it into the ocean. Along with the with the clay head. Yeah. He just he just dumps the coffin straight into the ocean. Um and um Mai decides to bring Yoishi to Izu Oshima to investigate the Yawamoras because they found out somehow that it was she's going the tape that <laughs> somehow. Um and um, I'm not really clear I'm not really clear on that detail. The like police officer or the doctor finds it out during the brief time when Mai is unconscious after the the scene where they do the tests on the tape. Um there is there is like one gen one like genuinely good like intentional joke where uh my and Yoichi get off the ferry and they just get a taxi 
and they like ask the taxi driver um they ask the taxi driver to go to like the Yamamura house uh and the taxi driver's oh there's a lot of Yamamuras which one and she's like oh um Shizuku Yamamura used to live there and the taxi driver just makes like a face and goes oh that one <laughs> just like almost straight at the camera <laughs> Um, and there's a um, shot, and then there's a shot of them driving along. I I think the same road that they showed. Fucking Reiko and Ryuji getting a taxi in the first movie, and they go to the, they go to the Almora Inn, and they book a room, and then there's a fucking. I I there's there's a lot of contenders for stupidest scene in the film, um. I feel like I feel like the mirror scene is just on a thematic level. <laughs> and, like it doesn't just look silly; it's also just like it's the kind oh, of thing oh. I hate from on a thematic level of trying to like turn a random bit of the tape from the first movie into some sort of like weird lore thing, almost. Yes. So, so what happens is they. Like they they're walking into the inn and like the lights start flickering. They go upstairs and they see Shizuko there brushing her hair in the mirror, like in in the tape. And then uh, a young child Sadako who still looks exactly like she did uh, in the first one. Just oh like, wait, sorry, I, I'm jumping ahead. Actually, that happens. That happens. They see the mirror when they come in first, but they the scene of. Um, the scene of um, my talking to Takashi about Sadako's birth happens first. Right, right. Um, yeah, Takashi is out like brooding by the water, and he explains like, uh, like when Sadako was born, they have like they have a cave on the island where they put unwanted newborns and just, like, let the ocean carry them out. Yeah. And as a child, Sadako was, like, put there as an infant, but the water didn't carry her out, so... Yeah, well, it's, 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 like, it's, it's kind of phrased in a slightly more mysterious way, where, like, Shizuko left Sadako there, but then Shizuko just kind of was back with Sadako again the next day somehow. Without kind of further explanation of how that happened. Mm, um, so yeah, it's kind of left ambiguous. So Sadako is, is possibly some sort of uh, Brian Goblin changeling. Is how I'm going to is how I'm going to just interpret this in the silliest way I can. Just because I don't respect this film. <laughs> Speaking of profoundly silly ideas, this is where we get uh, the mirror scene. Yeah, so so yeah. famous bit of the tape from from the first movie, where you see Shizuko uh, brushing her hair in the mirror, and there's kind of a weird jump cut where the mirror jumps to the side, and you see Sadako, child Sadako's reflection. It instead, and then it kind of jump cuts back to the hairbrushing. Um, yeah, Mai sees 
uh, sees the mirror and then there's a vision of like Shizuko herself appears in the room and you see that scene played out and it is interpreted in the most literal possible way from the the way the tape where like I don't, this is this bugs me way more than it should but like I feel like in that original context in the tape it's acting more as a jump cut and it's 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 using it as a like it's using a jump cut as a disquieting filmmaking technique and putting that in the context of this tape people it's... are watching and but in this they show that scene play out kind of in a in the reality of the room that they're in in the space of the house itself and they interpret it as the mirror literally teleporting back and forth and it looks uh, so silly it's a very surreal tape but they they choose to take this one scene them completely literally and it's just sadako moved the mirror with her brian goblin changeling powers (laughs) um it's it's bad. It's bad. And then Shizuko kind of sees Mai um, and menaces her slightly and then the mirror explodes. And then the scene ends. Yeah, and then, and, and then they do the scary uh, fucking water capillary action paper test again with Yoichi and he makes the paper super absorbent. And this is very scary. Takashi is very worried about this, about all the paper, all, all the water leaking onto his lovely wooden table um, by psychic test. Yeah, they they have oh. a pool. They have a pool at the end, and the doctor from before has like set up this very elaborate. I, okay, I assume the pool is in a separate. Like I assume it's a different building. Elsewhere on the island, oh, and yeah, not that's... actually part of the Yamamura's Inn. I, I doubt they like yeah. that swimming pool looks bigger than the house does. I mean, they're they're in the it's the middle of the night, so I assume I assume that it was like not in the same building. I thought maybe it was like on the the property. They're in a pool somewhere. I, I assume thing. they just like broke into a school or a gym or something. Also, also possible. Um, also fucking Okazaki shows up again at some point. Um, he just shows up on the island too. Does he? I thought, I thought he like died. Oh no, sorry. No, sorry. Not Okazaki. The doctor does. Oh yes, Uh, yes. The the doctor does. Sorry. He's the one who's set up this like very elaborate, uh, testing setup in the pool. There's like a big TV and like two chairs, one for Mai to sit in and one for Yoichi to sit in. And there's like all these wires. It's like yeah. a very, very cool yeah, they, they, yeah, they they have a bunch of random machinery. Uh, they have shit covering Mai's head entirely. She's staring at a TV. Um, they, and they're, they're like, I guess, I guess because cause the water absorb psychic energy or something they're gonna they're they're like they're gonna make they're gonna make um they're gonna like have my channel the psychic energy 
out of Yuichi into the fresh water of the pool so that it will defeat the psychic brine powers. <laughs> I don't know. It does. It's just things just happen for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> I completely forgot what like the purpose of these tests were. That's very funny if that's what the purpose is. I, I don't. They, I think they're trying to. I think they are trying to cure Yuichi in some way, but how it's meant to fucking work, I don't fucking know. Well, whatever they're hoping to accomplish with all of this, the uh, the pool starts like bubbling, mm. and um. They see, they see like, uh, Matashi sees the coffin that he threw into the ocean under the pool. Yeah, and he just kind of dives into the pool after it. Um, and then the doctor I just, gets possessed, maybe? <laughs> I'm not sure. He just, for some reason, he just, like, jumps a lo- dumps a load of equipment into the pool and, and like, electrocutes himself and dies as well. Yeah, I guess the implication is he's being possessed. All, all we know from, like, the perspective of a viewer is that we suddenly see him, he's, like, weirdly hunched over, carrying a bunch of electrical equipment and, like, hobbling towards the pool. And then he just kind of, like, topples over into it and dies. <laughs> Oh, um, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's really bad. It's, it's a far, it's, it's a far, far cry from the, like, sudden, like, Sadako coming out of the TV as the singular, like, sudden bit of, um, you know, um, explicit, weird, otherworldly shit happening in the first film. Um, I guess, to their credit, I guess, to their credit, they did not just try and do Sadako comes out of the TV again. They did try to do new things. It's just that the new (laughs) things are stupid as shit. Um... Yeah, we we should say we don't we didn't really emphasize this, but yeah, this is like the big climax. Oh yeah, this is the end of the movie. Of the, this is the big climax of the movie. This is the equivalent of like in the first movie when they're like digging the water out of the well kind of scene. Yeah. Only much, much stupider. Yeah, but like you know, again, in the first film you could you could understand what characters were doing. <laughs> Like, yeah, there's a the dramatic scene is them is them is doing something fairly mundane, which is which is just like tugging um, buckets of water out of the well. But they're it's it's dramatic and it's very well done, and they and you know they're doing it to try and find this woman's remains. Um, but yeah, um, if my picks up. Yuichi, and then it fades to black, and suddenly the two of them are in the well. They're like hanging, they're hanging off the side, like the inside side of the well, looking up. And then, uh, you, 
Ryuji's ghost appears out of like the the darkness at the bottom of the well, um, covered in shadow, and he he tells his son to take his hand and like sucks out the darkness or something, so that so that he can not be Sadako'd anymore, um. And he 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 sucks out the Sadako vapors, <laughs> and then they start climbing out of the well. Or Ryuji doesn't. Mai and and Yuichi start climbing out of the well because there's a rope there for some reason. And then yeah, a rope kind of like drops down. I I don't I don't know where this came from. Like no one threw the rope down and they climb out later. There's like no one there. Yeah. Uh, and then, but then as they're trying to climb out, Sadako climbs out of the water and starts chasing them up the side of the well, but she's not, she's, she's Sadako, but she has the really stupid looking clay face um, I will for say, a head. I will say, when the clay face is just like there, it looks very stupid, but with, like, the lifeless clay face and Statico, like, climbing up the walls, I think this is kind of, like, the one effectively, like, neat, scary moment in this film. Oh, I disagree, but I I, can, I guess I can see where you're coming from. <laughs> I, I like this scene, personally, but... She also has, like, like, painted blue zombie corpse skin arms, and when she grabs onto the rope, it, like, oozes green out of her hand. The, the ooze was a bit much, I'll give you that. But then she catches up to them, and then she just asks them, why are you the ones who were spared, and falls down the well, and disappears, and it's like, yeah, I want to know that too. Um, uh, like, not even Sadako knows what the fuck is going on in this movie. Um, <laughs> and then they climb out of the well, and they emerge from from the pool and it's 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 daybreak everything's bright everyone else is dead <laughs> they are going to have to explain a lot of shit to the cops and, and i i said the first time i watched this whoever's like coming in to like clean this pool in the morning <laughs> is gonna have a hell of a lot of questions about what happened here last night <laughs> weird fucking brain monitoring equipment thrown into this pool and three dead bodies because there was like a nurse there as well as the doctor and Takashi. Uh, and then, yeah. Um, my asked, asked Yuichi if he's still afraid and he says no. But she says she is, or he he asks her is she, and she says she is still a bit afraid. Um, I guess this is meant to be meaningful in some way. Uh, and then, and then for the last, and then, and then you think that'd be the ending, but but we have to have some kind of shitty sequel hook. So we go to to Okazaki is still alive, but he's now. In he's now been sectioned in in the hospital where Masami was before, um, and his photos are fucked up too because uh, there's a fucking ghost. Uh, Kanai Dako 
hiding behind him. Yeah. <laughs> and and then the movie ends. Oh, no, and then and then there's a guy cleaning out his desk in the office, and he. Oh no, sorry. This ha that happened. No, sir. That oh, that happens before. Sorry. Yeah, there's there's a guy cleaning out his desk in the office, and he finds like the tape. Yeah, I, I skipped over that scene because much like many other scenes in this movie, that doesn't really serve much of a purpose. Yeah, well, it's a sequel hook. This tape is still out there, which we, which we, which is, it's, you know, it's very, it's very important to account for the fact that there is a tape still out there, uh, despite, despite the fact, despite the fact that this movie didn't do it, and actually we also know that there's loads of other tapes out there other than this one anyway, and this tape is not in any way significant. Yeah, I was gonna say you can you can say that it's important they set up there's more tapes out there for a potential third movie, but in this movie they accounted for all of the tapes and then they just invented another tape out of thin air. <laughs> yeah, and then and and we get we get threatened by by Kanae Sadako haunting Okazaki. Um Ooh. This is so scary. I, I, I actually, I, I, the first time I watched this film, I was like, oh, that was okay. Um, rewatch, after rewatching it, I'm just like, ah, no, this is, this is a mess. <laughs> this is, this is a bunch of random shit happening, um, with very little direction. It, it's it's not as much as we as much as we talk about like scenes that don't go anywhere and like we probably did a bad job describing it. Yeah, I think it's still like overall a comprehensible movie. Like, oh yeah, it's dead. not it's not hard to follow. It's just that it's just that I don't know. It's it's not it's not hard to follow at all. Um, it's it's badly. It's I think yeah. You said it was badly paced. Uh, like yeah, the big thing is the the big thing is the pacing. The first movie, it's a very simple story. It moves along at a very good pace. It's a good a good movie. This one has a bit more trouble with the pacing of everything. It kind of has like too many ideas, and there's like so a lot of a lot of them have to be pushed through like very quickly, and there's not like enough time to like stew on a scene and let like the horror build. Uh, and it also has like fucking hooking up a bunch of random equipment to to two people's brains <laughs> in a swimming pool for some reason. Yes, it. Another problem it has is it leans a lot more into like the more sci-fi aspects of the series, which are are an element of like the series in general does have a lot more sci-fi elements. And you would think from like the most famous entries, which wisely choose to cut out most of that side of the story. And this kind of brings in a bit more of that. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's um Oh It's not great. <laughs> Dear listener, it's going to get so much worse. <laughs> It's a step down from the first movie, but don't worry, we're going to be taking a lot more steps down from here. So we've done two movies, and in the next episode, we are going to talk about the 
Dreamcast survival horror game, The Ring Terror's Realm, <laughs> which could be broadly described as a bad Resident Evil clone. Uh, and I will admit, this is pretty much the reason this podcast exists. This is the reason I got obsessed with the Ring series, because I learned about this game, and the more I saw it and dug into it and eventually played it myself, I I just really needed to know how it exists. Like, what, what, what? How, how did this happen from the ring um so we will be jumping into that next episode um i'm very excited to force myself to play this Jen, you do not have to play it you you don't <laughs> i don't have to i don't want to but i am going to display this hey uh the original recording for this episode kind of blew out at the end, something went weird with my microphone, uh, and I'm going to save your eardrums from hearing any of that. But basically, we uh, plugged my other podcast, Journey to the Monkey King. It's been going for a while. It's about Journey to the West. It has a Patreon. If you subscribed to that Patreon, the plan is you're going to get episodes of this podcast a month early, and also some bonus episodes. There's a bonus episode with Jen, where we talked about Dragon Ball, um and additionally yeah uh the next episode of this podcast is going to be a lot of fun the ring terrors realm there's a lot there's the cdc there's virus research labs there is gorilla monsters if you are wondering what the fuck any of that has to do with the ring uh that that is why that is why this podcast happened. As I said, it's why I got obsessed with uh, answering those questions. So tune in to learn more about that in the next episode, and subscribe to that Patreon, uh, Patreon.com/slash MonkeyKingPod to get it earlier. Thank you for listening. Bye.